tongue, my tongue, oh yeah, to speak, oh, I pray, church say amen from the book of 2nd Corinthians from the book of 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 2nd <clears throat> Corinthians chapter 4 We begin reading with verse 8. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let's, let's begin at verse 7. At verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, <clears throat> but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Amen. <clears throat> For we have these treasures in earthen vessels. I want to talk just for a few minutes this morning. I want to talk about valuable treasures in clay pots. 
valuable treasures in clay pots. Paul here is writing yet another letter. Another letter to to the Corinthian church. Scholars teach that this was actually Paul's fourth letter to Corinth, but two, they believe, were lost, leaving us only with first and second Corinthians, our first and second letters. Though Paul had moved on, he continued through his personal visits and his letters to try to instruct these people in their faith. Through his letters and through his personal visits, he tried to show them how to resolve conflicts and solve some of the many problems that the church had. In his first letter, in his first letter to the Corinthians, it was a very practical letter. It was focusing on the character of the church. It dealt with order and the well-being in the church. That was his first letter. But then this second letter to Corinth, Paul begins to bear his soul. He's telling them of his love for the Corinthian church, and then he is defending his faith and defending his teachings. You see, by the time, by the time the church, by by this time, by the time he was writing back to them, the church was under attack of false prophets and false teachers. And they were people who sought not only to discredit Paul's message, but their greatest attack was on Paul himself. They sought to discredit him. They denied his authority and they tried to slander the apostle Paul. And I need you to know today, I need you to know that that is a tactic that is well alive today. You see, there is no room to attack Jesus or nor is there any room to attack the gospel message. So the tactic is to discredit the leader, discredit the preacher, the teacher, the messenger. If you can't get the message, then discredit the messenger. Point out weaknesses in the messenger. Point out flaws in the leadership. They tried to call questions Paul's motive, even for taking up a collection. They tried everything to find something wrong with the apostle Paul. They questioned his personal courage. But that greatest complaint, that greatest complaint, and their, their, their largest area of complaint was that Paul just suffered too much. To be a spirit-filled apostle, he claims to be an apostle of a risen Savior. Why is it that this man suffers so much? How can he be be a representative of a powerful Savior when he has experienced so much suffering himself? So here, Paul defends his position. 
He denounces those who are trying to twist the truth. Paul, in his letter, re re reiterated the, the truth of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 5. Paul says, understand that we are not preaching ourselves. We are preaching Jesus. Are y'all hearing me? We are not preaching ourselves. We are preaching Jesus, and those of us who spread the message are just his servants. In verse 6, it says, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. Let me say it another way. Here it is right here. The same God that one day said, let there be light, and there was light, has placed that same light in our hearts through our knowledge of Jesus Christ. See, my brothers and sisters, light is no less light if it comes from a lamp you don't care for. Y'all ain't hearing me. I say light is no less light if it comes from a lamp you don't care for. Paul explains this. He explains this. Paul, in verse 7, he says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Let me say it another way. We have this treasure in clay pots. <laughs> treasure in clay pots. And here lies the problem. The valuable, life-giving message of salvation is carried around in a clay pot. <laughs> Y'all ain't hearing me. The valuable, life-giving message of Jesus Christ, somehow he has entrusted it to an earthen vessel. You know what clay is? You know what clay is? Clay is mud. <laughs> That's what clay is. Clay is mud, a mixture of dirt and water. That's what clay is. Dig deep enough in the dirt, and you can find clay almost anywhere. And what Paul is saying to them, Paul is saying to them that you are so preoccupied with the frailty of the vessel that you are discounting what the vessel has on the inside of it. Are y'all hearing this? My brothers and my sisters, if the Lord has saved you, cleaned you up, Given you an assignment in his vineyard, please don't get beside yourself. You're just a clay pot. Y'all ain't hearing me. It doesn't matter how, what they call you or what position you hold. Don't, don't you get your nose up in the air. You are just a clay pot. But don't, don't discount this. You are clay pot molded in the image of God. <laughs> Y'all ain't hearing this. 
A clay pot molded in the image of God, made in the image of God. God has made us the way we are so that we can work and do the work that he wants us to do. No child of God can ever complain or should ever complain about their limitations and their handicaps. Let me say it again. No child of God should complain about their limitations and their handy. Well, you know, God didn't give me that gift. Well, you know, there are others around that could do it better than I can. You know, I ain't got it together like the rest of these folk. Are y'all hearing me? How dare you complain about the vessel that God has formed with his own hands. At some point, you need to develop the confidence of the psalmist. And here's what the psalmist says. The psalmist, psalmist said, for you have formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb and I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. See, all God needs is a vessel that is empty and willing. That's all he needs. All he needs is a vessel that is empty, willing, and available. It amazes me. It amazes me that God would take his greatest treasure, his life-giving message of salvation, what he has for the salvation of the world, and put it in a clay pot. Isn't it amazing that God would take the most valuable thing in this world, salvation, and put it in a clay pot? Who who keeps treasures in clay pots? You put treasures in a, in a safe or in a lockbox or at least a treasure chest with a lock on it. But God has put his greatest treasure in a clay pot. And then Paul tells us why God does it like that. He tells us why God does it like that. It's right there in the word. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. That's why he does it. So that the excellency of his power may be of God and not of us. So, here it is, so that the pot won't try to outshine the treasure. So that folk won't glorify the pot and minimize the treasure. I remember, I remember, I will never forget, you can't forget it. For 13 years, I struggled with the call to preach. 13 years. 13 years, I struggled with the call. To preach, and I had a whole lot of good reasons why. I talked to God. God, I've let you down so many times. God, I've made a complete mess out of my life. God, there are folk who got better gifts than me. God, there are folk who are more eloquent than me. But then God shows me this passage right here. 
and said, that stuff that you're pointing out is the very reason I'm calling you. Y'all ain't hear me. The stuff that you're talking about is the very reason I'm calling you because you won't outshine the treasure. One of the great challenges of anyone who is called to carry this message of salvation is to keep yourself out of the way. Let me say that one more time. I say one of the great challenges of anybody who is trying to carry this message is to keep yourself out of the way. Are y'all hearing me? You, you cannot preach, teach, or live according to Scripture yet if you think that you are bigger than the Scripture. And you know that you're doing it right. The way you know you're doing it right is when people you're ministering to, they, they leave excited about the knowledge of Jesus Christ and the way of salvation. They're more, they're, they're more joyful over that than they are about how you brought the house down. They're more excited about Jesus than, 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 than the fact that you had everybody up on their feet. That's when you know you're doing it. Apostle Paul had a way of spreading the gospel message. He had a way of spreading the gospel message in a way that made a clear distinction between the gospel message and the earthen vessel that carries the message. Look, look at the way he starts this chapter. Look at, look at the beginning of this chapter. He says, for we have received this ministry and as we have received mercy. Y'all see that? We, we have received, we have this ministry as we have received mercy. Paul is saying, Paul is saying, I, I'm in this ministry, but it's not because my life has been all of that. I'm in this ministry, but it's not because I'm better than anybody else. I'm in this ministry not because of my flawless past, but because of his mercy. Are y'all hearing this? And please, don't, don't confuse mercy with grace. Grace is, grace is when he gives you what you don't deserve, but mercy is when he keeps you from getting what you do deserve. You deserve to be destroyed, but I'm going to use you. <laughs> Are y'all hearing me? Anybody? Do I have one witness in the house? I deserve to be destroyed, but he says I'm going to use you to my glory. Paul clearly understands the relationship between the clay pot and the treasure that the pot carries. And for that reason, he didn't worry about sufferings and trials. He wasn't worrying about what them folk were talking about. He did not worry about suffering because he knew, watch this, as long as he guarded the treasure, God will guard the vessel. Just said something right there. As long as I guard the treasure, then God will guard the vessel. And because God is guarding the vessel. He had a whole different attitude towards suffering. 
He wasn't paying anything, any attention to what these folks were saying. He wasn't worried about folk talking to him. Listen at him. He says, uh, we'll travel on every side. <laughs> and that would have been a sad thing if he just left it right there. But he said, we'll travel on every side, yet we're not distressed. We'll travel. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah, we are perplexed but not in despair. We are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We are cast down, but we are not. We are not destroyed. All I'm trying to tell you this morning, all I'm trying to tell you this morning is that God needs willing vessels. Are y'all hearing me? All I'm trying to say this morning is that God needs willing vessels. May not be the best looking vessel. But God is looking for willing vessels. May have some cracks and some chips. But God is looking for willing vessels. May be tattered, torn, and worn in the marks of time. But God is looking for willing vessels. But the good news, my brothers and sisters, is uh, the condition of the vessel does not affect the value of the treasure. Just said, I say the condition of the vessel does not affect the value of what's in the vessel. And uh, the treasures uh, that I carry, my brothers and sisters, uh, I'm glad uh, that nothing that I do Nothing that I've ever done will ever affect the value of the treasures that I carry. And the treasures that I carry, my brothers and sisters, will bring healing to a sick soul. The treasures that I carry will bring joy in a downtrodden world. The treasures that I carry will bring peace to a weary soul. Yes, the treasures that I carry will bring deliverance uh, to the captive uh, and set him free. The, the, the message that I carry is a message that saves sinners and reclaim backsliders uh, and encourage believers. The message uh, that I carry yeah, is the message of God. It's a God who loved me so much that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. It's about a savior yeah, who loved us enough yeah, to carry our cross, uh, to be wounded uh, for our transgressions, uh, who died uh, for our sins. Uh, but the good news uh, is he arose uh, from the grave yeah, to free you and me. Uh, but the rest of the good news is uh, he's coming uh, back again. Y'all ain't hearing me. I know we always close out uh, with he got up, yeah, early Sunday morning, uh, but that's some more good news, uh, and that's he's coming, uh, he's coming uh, 
back again. Yes, yes. And when Jesus comes, uh, the tempter's power is broken. Uh, when Jesus comes, uh, tears are wiped away. Uh, he'll take the gloom uh, and fill the life uh, with glory. Uh, for all is changed uh, when Jesus, when Jesus, when Jesus comes. To say we have these treasures. In earthen vessels. That's us. He left his greatest treasure in earthen vessels. Yes, we got some cracks. Yes, 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 we got some flaws. But for some reason, he has entrusted us with the most valuable thing in the world. He's entrusted us with the message of salvation and today today you may have been one of those who were trying to wait until you were good enough you may be one of those that because you realize your shortcomings you just assume that everybody else knows them decided that he can't use me just yet I'll wait until I get it together well I want you to know if you could get it together you would need him the reason why you need him is because you cannot do this on your own. And he desires to have you right where you are, just where you are. And your job, your job, your only job is to come to him, come to where he is. Amen, amen. I I know I'm all off script. I know he told you what to do and how to do it. I know I'm all off script. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come. Come on. Just now. Just. Oh, come to Jesus. Come. To do is trust him only only come on somebody come on give your life to Jesus trust him just now just only trust him only trust Somebody, come on, wherever you are, he the Lord is able just now. 
Lord permit me that there are 118 elements on the periodic table. Number one is hydrogen, num but 118 is organescent, but only 94 of them occur naturally in this world. The human body is made up of 11 of them. 96% are six of them. The other 1% or a little less than that are the other five elements. We've heard our pastor today show us that the great God of all creation made you and I out of those little 11 elements. And the Bible says that he crowned us with glory and honor. That he made you in great glorification, but not long after he made that man, just a little while after he made him, that man lost that glory in sinful denigration. <laughs> and he marred the very treasury thing that God made. But then the same God that made him in glorification saw him lose it in sinful denigration, gave away a message of salvation. <laughs> and that same God gave a message of salvation and his message, he actually wrote it and wrapped it up himself. Because the same God who made these little treasury yeah, vessels yeah, yeah. came down in incarnation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrapped himself in clothing. Uh, walked the Judean hillside. And he died one Friday, but early Sunday morning. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. In this clay pot. In these jars of clay. That God got up and said, all power is in my hand. And the same one who gave us that said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Oh, this is yeah. your invitation to give your what looks like worthless self to the great God who has put treasure in your heart. Is there one to come? Is there one to come? Let us pray. Lord, we can't thank you enough that you've put great treasure in our earthly bodies. Oh, yes. That if we went to Walmart, Lord, we'd be a bottle of water and a little salt in a salt shaker. Basically worthless in the sight of those around us, but because you made us in your image and in your likeness, you crowned us with glory and honor. And if there's somebody, Lord, who feels like they're worthless, we come to let you know that your value lies more than this world, more than the terrestrial shores of this world, that God of glory made you with honor and he crowned you. Oh, yes. And all you have to do is give your life to him and he restores the value of your creation. So we ask, Lord, that wherever they may be, where boys, girls, mothers, fathers, that if they don't know you, Lord, the message said, believe on Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. 
That if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. We pray for the person who needs to accept that message today. And know that the surpassing greatness lies in the message of God that he has placed in a jar of clay. That we pray in Jesus' name that somebody has accepted the message of the gospel and give their life to them wherever they may be, in their car, in their homes. We ask that you accept Jesus. In the blessed name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Only trust him. Only trust him just now. Just house why don't we just bless the Lord amen amen we thank God for what he continues to do for his goodness and his mercy that has sustained us and now is bringing us back together again it's a slow process but we are together again so we thank God for those who are coming out who are able to come out and who come to share here in the sanctuary, but we are grateful to those who continue to tune in from wherever you are. Uh, I, I'm uh, uh, just moved, and I know that even after this is over, we're going to have to continue to do what we're doing right now because there are those who enjoy the bedside church. <laughs> And nothing wrong with it. That's all right. That's all right. But now, please know, don't let it get too good to you. I, I do want to see y'all. <laughs> I know you see me, but I want to see y'all too. So, so please, as, as time permits, uh, please make arrangements so that you can just come by and say hello. Uh, it's so happy to have everybody who is in the house. Thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing Salem. If you're visiting as your place of worship today, just in the way of information, let me just share that on yesterday, matter of fact, on last Sunday evening, uh, Brother John Chance was called home from labor to reward and was funeralized on yesterday. All of us know Brother Chance. Brother Chance was our last uh, centenarian. He was the last one we had in the period of a year. We lost them all period of a year, we lost four people who were over 100 years old. Uh, he was 101, and we funeralized him on yesterday. I ask that you would just pray 
for the Chance family, pray for his daughters, and pray for that family. Have a request for prayer from Joe and Janet Odin. Uh, let me just ask that you just continue to remember that daughter, Barbara, uh, in prayer. Barbara Lord is the daughter of Sister Janet, and uh, we just want to pray continually. They have asked that we pray, and as a church, we know how to pray. But I just want to keep that daughter lifted up as she continues to go through this period of sickness. Let me just take this opportunity and just, I, I want y'all to pray for Bev. I don't, I, don't, I don't do that often. I pray for her myself, and I know y'all pray for her. But I want you all, I, I want all of you just to pray. Just live when you call, when you're, prayer, when you're praying, call Beverly's name. Uh, but God, God is good, and I just know God is going to bring her through and bring her out. But I just know that prayer works. Prayer changes things. So you all just make sure that when you pray, call call the name of Beverly B. Haynes. Amen. I, I appreciate it. Uh, as we always do, and let me let me let me thank you, Reverend Reverend Sean. Thank you so much, Reverend Williams. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother James. Thank you so much. We, we appreciate, we just appreciate you being in place and your help. Reverend Bush is recuperating and he's doing quite well. Uh, I'm just praying and I have said to him, there's no need to rush. Take time and get well. And he is recuperating and doing well. So we just continue to keep him in, in our prayers. In the spirit of fellowship, uh, we will go out again out of this section over here. All of us will go out that door. And we, instead of fellowshipping on the inside, we're safe of the fellowship on the outside. So immediately after benediction, we just ask that everybody will just go through these doors over here. There's a receptacle there for those who want to leave your offering. If you want to leave your offering while you're here today, uh, you can go and you can leave it there as you, as you begin to leave. Again, God bless you. God keep you is our prayer. God be with you till we meet again.
Now may the grace of God, sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us now, henceforth, and forevermore. Let us all say, Amen. Amen. There are several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.